أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته ف... Just to kind of quickly recap on where we ended last time so that we can inshallah flow, keep the conversation flowing okay. How many of you weren't here last time? Okay, if uh, you'll be a bit lost, this, I'll just try to go over it very quickly. So we talked about the kind of like the journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how it really starts all the way from kufr all the way up to ikhlas, which we said is the, the peak, right? Where khalas, يعني, you are completely living for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you realize that you are, you have this divinity inside of you and you have a purpose and this purpose is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nothing else matters. If we live this life, this is the completely um, self-actualized life, you can call it, صح? the way Abraham Maslow uh, explained it. And self-actualization is the peak of human needs. You remember the pyramid? Yes. yes? And so uh, it starts off with kufr, where you're denying God completely, you're denying, you're resisting. Then you know, Allah comes into your life, you accept Him, but He still hasn't entered your heart and Iman is where Allah enters your heart but then there's other hidden attachments usually unseen attachments like money self-obsession uh, materialism attachment to goals what else do we talk about attachment to people peop pleasing people right all sorts of hidden idols you can call them and that's like the hidden form of shirk and then of course working on purifying yourself until you become free with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so uh, this concept of ikhlas is actually the ultimate freedom for the human being and, he, and freedom is something that's يعني, very very dear to all of our souls we all love freedom since we're يعني, born and uh, what this does is the shift from shirk to ikhlas gives you that freedom from at all, all sorts of attachments and that is really the true meaning of who knows the statement for true freedom What's the statement? La ilaha illallah. Okay, so la ilaha illallah, actually, this is what it actually means. Is, and notice how la ilaha actually starts off with a negation. So you're saying la ilaha, right? There's no God. So what are you doing? You're actually cleaning up all the false gods you've, you've had in your life this whole time, right? So you, so... To get to illallah, what do you have to first do? La ilaha. You have to clean up all the other false gods. And so, one, so that's, the st that's the logical sequence. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. So you break all the gods, you, you get rid of all the false attachments, and then illallah, that's where Allah is everything in your life, right? And then, of course, that's how we explain this up upgrading, right, in your life, constantly upgrading. Where was Islam? Very quickly, where was Islam? Acceptance. Uh, it was acceptance, and where is it in your body? Your it's in your chest, right? Alam nashrah laka sadrak. And it, what it does, Islam, when you surrender, it expands your chest. What does it do? Expands. Surrendering expands your chest. It makes you feel at ease. And the opposite of acceptance is what? Resistance or re rejection or denial. What does it do? Yadiqu sadrik, right? And that's where 
the feeling of ana madlaig, ana madlaiga, that's where it comes from, the madliq. So it's the, sta the statement of being free with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? You're negating all of, all of the idols that you the have. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, usually it's the shahada, right? Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. It's your shahada to enter into this state of submission. But the deeper meaning behind it is it's not just lip service, right? It's you actually being free with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with that comes fearlessness from everything else by the way right you become super confident super uh, motivated you're you have this sense of power because now you are getting your power from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're you're connected to the source and when you're connected to the source there's nothing to fear there's nothing to worry about right and when you have him you have everything therefore you have Pretty much no needs. Okay? Saying very important statements here. When you're connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're connected to the source of everything. Yes or no? So when you're connected to Him, and He's connected to you, and you have this concept of al-ma'iyyah, inshallah one day we'll talk about what are the conditions that give you ma'iyyah of Allah. Inna Allaha ma'a, fill in the blank. There's many qualities of people, right? One of them is as-sabirin, yes, right? Those who are patient. But when you have... Ma'iyya means Allah being with you. Allah being kind of like, think of it like your partner, right? And when you have Allah with you, then is anything impossible? Nothing is impossible, right? Is there anything to be afraid of anymore? When Allah is with you, is there anything to be afraid of? Okay, but when Allah is with you, is there anything to be afraid of? So remember the story of how the Prophet was with uh, Abu Bakr Sadiq in the cave and the you know, enemies were basically looking out for them uh, Abu Bakr Sadiq being a human being right, was afraid was sad, was worried and what did the Prophet tell him and actually that statement is recorded in the Quran what did he say to him right, don't be worried and then what did he say لا تحزن Usually, like, people just say this statement, لا تحزن. Don't be sad. Right? Yeah, there's the missing formula is, why don't be sad? Because, إِنَّ اللَّهَ معنا. Very good. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ معنا. They go hand in hand. لا تحزن alone does not work. Doesn't work. There's a missing, like, the main ingredient is missing. Why لا تحزن? لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ معنا. And when you realize, we come to this realization, that Allah is with you, there's nothing to be afraid of. And that's why, يعني, the prophets, even the companions, right? They reach this level of self-confidence that's, that's like very, very difficult to imagine nowadays, right? How they would, I mean, look at some of the battles that were fought. What was the ratio in, Bet in Badr? Who knows? What was the ratio? 300 to 1,000. That's 3 to 1. Yani for every one Muslim, there's like, Three people out there trying to, but one against three. Okay. And he, does this make sense logically for them to fight this fight or this battle? Does it make sense logically? No, it doesn't, right? But yet they had this immense iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is what we're going to talk about today. A deeper look at what is iman billah. Okay. 
So what, one thing we did say about Iman Billah is that it is where? It's in your heart, very good. And, it's, and what's the opposite of Iman? Very good. So for the context of today's lesson, what you want to understand is the opposite of Iman is fear. And M is the root word of Iman, which means that a mu'min is someone who has this feeling of security. Nothing to be worried about because Allah is with you. And one of Allah's beautiful names connected to this concept is what? Al? Al Mu'min. Very good. Al Mu'min, right? The one who gives you this sense of security. The one who provides you with this sense of security. When does he do that? All the time. Very good. Constantly. Mithil Ma'as Salam gives you the sense of peace. Al Mu'min gives you the sense of security. Peace and security are two different things. So far with me? Yes? All of you are with me so far? Okay. What I want to talk about today, inshallah, because again, we're in the context of Surah Al-Baqarah and the ayat that are coming later, like right in the next discussion is, who knows? وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ So the concept or the theme we're going to talk about is Iman. Before we discuss those ayat, I want to talk to you about Iman in a more deeper uh, level today, inshallah. Okay? So what does the ayah say? وَمِنَ nas Among the people are those who claim with their lips, Amanna بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْأَخْرِ We believe in Allah, we believe in the last day. But Allah says, surprisingly, He says, وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ They are nowhere close to Iman. Okay? And so... Allah goes on to say about them that they're kidding themselves, literally. يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أُنفُسَهُمْ They're not kidding anybody but themselves. They're trying to, يعني, with their lips, they're trying to portray something. Allah is revealing to us what's inside their hearts. And of course, this, this selection of ayat is just going to talk about a group of people in the Qur'an known as the hypocrites, المنافقون. Uh, I was just looking up the root word of hypocrite in English. Any guesses what it means? By the way, it's a cool exercise for you to do. Every now and then when you come across like a deep, very important term, just look up the root word of it. Just like you do that in, in Arabic, the root word of iman is am, which means security. The root word of hypocrite is actor, actually, in Greek. So uh, a hypocrite was actually an actor. Because what do actors do? They, they portray on the outside what's not really in the inside, yeah? Okay. And so many people today live, like, live their lives like actors. Their entire life is an act. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes? People who portray themselves in a way and you know, they seem happy and nice, but... <laughs> yes, social media is a big, big part of that. This uh, yeah, image online versus your real image. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about Iman from a completely different perspective. You won't find this stuff in probably any tafsir book, right? But I'm going to talk to you about Iman from a self-development perspective. This is what I do in my coaching sessions. Because um, again, what is coaching all about? It's about you upgrading your life, you reaching your fullest potential, right? Overcoming your fears. So, so to, to dissect 
this concept, I have to give you this illustration. Now, who is this? This is basically a, any person. This is you. And yes, this is not your head, right? But I've made it big because it's a big deal. This concept of the mind is a pretty big deal, right? It's not just limited to this brain. Many people mistake the brain for the mind. How many of you thought the brain was the mind? It's not, right? Okay, so the mind is much, much more complex than just this physical brain. And why did I draw a line between them? Who can guess? Because to separate what from what? The mind from the brain. Okay, uh, close, yes. So th there's different ways. Yeah, so subconscious and conscious mind, yes. How many of you know the difference between these two, subconscious and conscious mind? Sorry? How many of you know the difference between the subconscious and the conscious mind? The subconscious is as a result of continuous conscious thoughts. Good, very good. Okay, very good. So subconsciously, all of you wake up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, you do your thing, you brush your teeth. You do it subconsciously. Barmaja, okay, programming. Uh, you don't think how to like open the tap water, how to open the toothpaste and how to hold the brush and how to put the toothpaste on the brush and then how to move your hand. You don't think. When you drive your car to go to work, you don't think consciously about it. You don't think consciously about the brake and the, and the gas and the handbrake and the foot brake and where the buttons are and how to turn left and how to turn right. Do you think? No, you're probably like on your WhatsApp, which I don't recommend you doing, right? But we multitask and it's like, we just reached the office. How many of you felt that at one point in their life, right? You're just doing something and then you reach your destination without even being aware. It's like you're on autopilot, yes? That's exactly what the subconscious mind is. It's like this autopilot program that doesn't know how to say no. Okay, the subconscious mind does not know how to say no, so it's like your obedient slave, right? Whatever you program it to do, it does, okay? And that programming starts way, way, way when you were a small baby, when, you know, your parents started programming you, your friends, your, the TV shows you've been watching, the, you know, everything that you've been exposed to, your environment, that has been constantly programming your subconscious mind. And so all sorts of like, things like phobias, and if you have any phobias of what? Elevators. Okay. Do you remember of a scene in the past where this, this triggered? Like, what was the root no, of it? No? I no? Okay, so guess what? You can't remember because you're thinking from which mind now? The, the conscious mind. Because the conscious mind thinks in the, sh the short-term memory. It's only responsible for short-term memory. But guess what? That event which installed that file in you, it wasn't there when you were born, trust me. It was installed in your life, either through watching a movie or through a friend's experience or, th or through your own experience, and it's there in your subconscious mind. That file is there, and your long-term memory, which is in the subconscious mind, actually remembers exactly when it is. And there are, hmm? <laughs> and there are techniques. There's techniques to yeah. go back, play the tape again, remove that. Literally, it's called timeline therapy. Um, and so uh, even hypnotherapy and other forms uh, of you know, therapies can, can eliminate that file forever, right? Very easy to do. Uh, so, you guys clear about the subconscious? Yes? So conscious is you doing your exam, studying, short-term memory. Subconscious is really the, the real deal, right? Subconscious is where 
habits are stored. Subconscious is where values are stored. For example, if someone is smoking, is a smoker, right? And you talk to the smoker and you tell them consciously, you make them sit and you say, Ahmed, I really love you. Why are you doing this? Why are you smoking? It's not good for you. Look at the pack. It's, it's showing you this picture of this lung that's completely destroyed. It causes cancer. Don't you know that? And be like, yes. So is it bad for you? Yes, I know it's bad for me. They, they, they know everything about the harms of smoking consciously. Yes or no? But after you talk to them, the moment they walk outside, what are they going to do? They're going to light up a cigarette. Why? Because the program is much, much more powerful than the conscious mind. So if your child doesn't pray and you make them sit and you, and you tell them that you, know, you should pray and if you don't pray then Allah will be angry with you and you know, you're not a Muslim if you don't pray and, and you give them all sorts of these fear injections, right? Hoping that they'll pray. Guess what? Subconsciously, they're not programmed. That one half an hour sitting will not change their act. Okay? It will not change their act. It's a, and it just does not work. So there's no magic pill for this. What needs to happen is long-term programming. And hopefully you're doing positive programming, not negative programming, right? So you're not supposed to scare your children uh, to pray. It's supposed to be done out of love. And so that's what takes time. And why do parents choose the shortcut? It's easier, it's faster, right? You just get the whip out or the, the sandal or the shoe or whatever, right? And force them to pray. Why? Because you want them to go to heaven in a shortcut, right? You hate seeing them not praying. How many of you relate to what I'm talking about? Yes? You don't want to see your children in, with bad habits. You hate it. And so you use shortcuts, punishments, and all sorts of things, threats, hoping that they will change, but they don't change. It, they don't change. And, and the more you try and they don't change, the more you get annoyed. And this, happen, this applies to even couples, right? You see your couple with some bad habits, or habits that you want him to have, that, or her to have. And you try to talk to them, you try to buy them a book, you try to send them a video on WhatsApp, right? But it's not working. And the more it doesn't work, the more you get stressed out, and the more, it's like this vicious cycle, right? So that's what's happening. That's, that's actually what's happening, is that their subconscious mind has been programmed for a long time. It happens over a long, long period of time. Just like you, we all, including myself, we all took our sweet little time to get to where we are today, yes or no? It didn't happen overnight. We had negative programming that we had to uninstall and then reinstall hopefully some positive programs. And we all still have, including me, I have many negative programming that I need to get rid of, right? So it's this ongoing journey. And so one of the meanings of tazkiyat al-nafs, qad aflaha man zakkaha wa qad khaba man is this actually. Part of tazkiyat al-nafs is you removing these negative programs inside of you to free yourself. Right? And so, another word for the subconscious mind is your paradigm. Have you heard the term paradigm shift? Has it ever happened to any of you? Paradigm shifts? Who can share with us an example of a paradigm shift? Okay, paradigm shift is when your, your view of a, or perception of a certain idea or concept completely shifts and it shows you like a completely different angle of the same. 
Yeah. Please. Yeah, sometimes we, in fact, just yesterday uh, near our house in Rafah, as you know, there was like a major disaster. We had Mataruhat in Rafah. I was driving back home and we saw these group of guys uh, blocking a road. Then, literally, and they were blocking an entire road. The initial reaction is what? How can they do this? And why are they blocking the road? I need to go. But as we drove past and we turned around, we saw that there was a major, major flood there. They were actually doing something good by preventing people from going in to avoid further trouble down the road. You see, so just small examples of how our, our paradigm sometimes shifts. And so similarly, that's what the Quran actually does. For the Sahaba during the time of the Prophet that's what the Quran did to their lives. It changed the way they saw the world. It changed their attitude towards life. It changed their view of God. It completely changed their view of the purpose of their life. And that's why all scriptures, but concluding with the Quran, they were sent with prophets to change paradigms. And that's, يعني, if you can think of one major accomplishment that the Prophet ﷺ did during his time was he shifted the paradigm of the companions during that time. And once that programming was done, how long did it take, by the way? A couple of weeks, a couple of months? How long did it take? Yeah, 23 years. 13 years in Mecca, 10 years in Medina. So you understand how programming moved overnight. I'll give you an example from Quran and from the life of the Prophet ﷺ of like hikmat hatta tahreem ba'd al-ashya. So all of you know that alcohol today is haram, right? Yeah. But during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, before the ayat of khamr were revealed, and by the way, when were they revealed? Uh, who knows? 13 years in Mecca, 10 years in Medina. When were the ayat of khamr revealed in the Quran? Or during the life of the Prophet ﷺ? Halfway through the Medina period. So we're talking at least 14, 15 years down the road. Okay? What does, number one, let's pause for a second. What does this mean? Number one, it wasn't, wasn't the first thing the Prophet was concerned about. There's more important foundations that need to be built. This is something that can come later on. Number two, even when the ayat started being revealed the tahrim happened gradually it didn't happen overnight you're talking about the very first one 14 years or like did it start maybe in year two and then uh, the discussion the discussion happened in medina definitely okay. yeah but exactly of course we can't pinpoint yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was definitely the entire discussion started in medina and so what we're learning here is even allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the creator himself has 
realistic expectations from us because he, he created us. He knows that there are certain things, certain habits that can't be changed overnight. And so in the beginning he said, you know what, when you're praying, don't, don't drink while you're praying so that you know what you're saying. Then he said that, in, you know, there's good in khamr and there's sayyat or ithim in khamr. The ithim is greater than the good. And then eventually he said it's one of the acts of shaitan and rijsum min amal shaitan stay away from it completely. And that's what uh, scholars today unanimously agree on uh, is the final tahrim of the khamr. But it happened gradually and the sahaba also said something really amazing. I was really surprised to hear this. They said that if the ayat or if khamr was prohibited from the beginning of the message, none of us would have accepted Islam. Yeah, so it's subhanAllah, this is how important it is for, for us to learn this wisdom also as parents, as, you know, with our relationships, when we want people around us to change suddenly, overnight, our shortcut, or with one video, or one message, no, it doesn't happen, right? We have to understand that these things take time, okay? So, this is how it really happens, right? In the um, connection between Alam al-Amr and Alam al-Khalq, right? Alam al-Amr is where all the awamr of Allah are, all the things that you want to do in life, they're all represented as thoughts, okay? You have certain thoughts. Those thoughts lead to feelings, okay? And where are feelings usually? Where are feelings felt? Yeah, in your, in, in your heart, yeah? Okay, Emo your emotional part of your body. And so there's the mental part of your body, there's the emotional part, and then of course the action happens. Where? Where does it happen? Physically, right? In the physical world, through your body. And so, let's look at some examples of, uh, or let's look at an example of a negative thought and how does it, it translate into our lives, right? Who can give me an example of a negative thought? Okay, I'm going to fail in what? Let's be more specific. Hey, something more realistic, because you're all out of school now. <laughs> okay, or I'm going to be fired. I'm going to be fired. Fa what does that cause? Anxiety. Worry and doubt. Yes, worry and doubt. Um, and then that will translate into what? A negative emotion. What's that negative emotion? Think about it realistically. You just got this thought. Maybe it's through a friend, maybe it's through some rumor you heard that my employer is firing many people. I could be one of them. Fear. fear, very good. So the next feeling that comes in your heart is fear. Okay? Starts with a thought, translates into fear, and then what's going to happen to your body? Of course, it's going to translate into certain actions that are probably going to be not in your best interest. Right? What are some of the examples of negative actions maybe you'll be upset maybe you won't be treating your boss nicely you won't be motivated to come to work you'll be taking sick leaves you start using your work time to apply at other jobs right your productivity level will, will be affected you'll probably start backbiting 
on your manager and the boss and the employer and you start creating your own kind of group where you you know secretly talk about them and you try to plan things and all that kind of stuff so this results in, and of course as you and get involved in those negative actions what's happening to you there's anxiety there's suppression right we talked about it right which is the opposite of what in shirah al-sadr okay and of course depression sadness uh, there's disease Shouldn't matter disease. Discomfort. Yeah, and by the way, this disease is actually this ease. It's when you are not at ease. And it's been yani, also today proven that most of our body illnesses are actually connected to psychological. certain psychological or emotional issues or thoughts that have been the root cause of such things. Okay? Um, but treating the symptoms alone with medication is just temporary relief. Yeah. The root cause is still there. Okay? And so that disease will, will probably re- lead to disintegration. Some people call it death or suicide or whatever. Yeah. So that's one aspect of life. Okay? Negative thoughts that lead to fear, that lead to all sorts of negative things. And of course, all these actions will give you negative results. وفي قانون اسمه قانون الجذب okay a universal law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where whatever comes out of you comes back to you in the same frequency so if negative things are coming out of you they will come back to you in more more adab literally the term for pain in the Quran is adab or nar okay and there's different types of adabs in the Quran adab alim adab muheen adab azim Every single one of these terms highlights a different kind of pain in our lives, which is really incredible. And this is no, no one has done inte- intense research on different types of pains. Usually we just talk about pains. There's just one type of adab, right? It's pain. Quran describes different types of pains, different uh, levels of pains, different levels of intensities of pains. Okay. And so, so where is this qanun in the Qur'an? وَلَا إِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَا إِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِي لَشَدِيدٌ Allah says, right? So whenever you have this negative attitude, what comes back to you? عَذَابٌ شَدِيدٌ As a result of your own actions. Notice, cause and effect. هذه من قوانين الاستحقاق في القرآن الكريم. إن Allah سبحانه وتعالى has put certain laws in place that work whether you like them or not, whether you believe them or not, doesn't matter. I'll give you a very, very easy way to understand this. When I was, uh, or when my daughter was two years old, my daughter Husna, my wife uh, was carrying her in the kitchen and for just like a s- five seconds, she puts her on the, you know, fill kitchen, fill high cabinets, she put her on one of the cabinets up and she turned around to open the fridge. And what did Husna do? She fell flat on her face. Okay? And it was a very, very painful event. Her nose was bleeding and like her, there was a big lump in her head. Now, what law worked on her? 
Yeah, the law of gravity. صح? Who made this law? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this law, right? Now, Allah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim also. But someone could argue that, Ya Allah, you are Rahman Rahim, and you made this law. How come you didn't stop this law from acting on this baby? Because if Allah was really merciful, He should have, the moment she stepped off the thing, He would have paused the law of gravity so that she can float or come down slowly. But does that really work in the real life? Lish. But Allah is Rahman Rahim. Okay, it does. Actually, it's the exact opposite. Al Qanun Haikilla is actually talking about the exact opposite in Ahna Masulin and Kilishay. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and over in the Quran tells us that everything that happens to us is because of our own actions. Okay? And over and over again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us examples of this concept. But what I'm trying to say here is, يعني, هذي, the قانون of if I do, if I commit a negative act because of cert- a certain negative thought that had a certain negative feeling in my body that led me to do this, this was a choice. Having this negative th- thought was a choice, or not? Who believes it wasn't a choice? Do we choose what we, what kind of thoughts we have? But we all have the ability. He has given us this ability to emotional intelligence, being able to control your thoughts, being able to stop and think before you let thoughts affect you. Okay? What does taqwa mean? Because it's, it's an important word in the Quran, right? Very good. So what's, what's one very important form of protection? Protecting yourself from what? Negative thoughts. Mumtaz, negative thoughts. Then if you don't protect yourself and you let any thought come in, what's going to happen? Adabun alim, right? Adabun shadid, adabun azim. Why? Because you're just letting people dictate what thoughts go on your mind you watch the news and whatever you whatever you see you believe whatever message comes to you in your whatsapp broadcast you believe and you forward right you panic on certain things and you yani that's exactly and people panicked and people didn't sleep at night and you know they didn't come to work because of this Su'adhan, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, didn't just say about dhan, which is assumptions actually, negative assumptions. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in Surah Al-Hujurat? He said, Inna not, He said, even the slightest bit of assumption, negative assumption is 
ithm. Why? Because it's going to come, come out in the form of certain negative actions in your life, right? And so this is jahl. But inshallah, kullakum mu jahal, right? And so we want to look at the opposite of this concept now. Most people who don't know this stuff, most people who don't know about how the mind works, they are dhahaya for this system. Yes or no? Do you agree? Yes? They're just basically, yani, aishin hayatum, door of dhahiya. Namafi shayf yadi, kil shayga al-sir fini, ana mufiyadi, wa Allah gaya adzibni, wa lish gaya adzibni, wa lish al nas kilam salbiin, wa lish al alam kila salbi, wa lish al hayatum. And they go into all sorts of vicious cycles of depression and anxiety and all sorts of amrad that translate into physical diseases. And, and, and he, with all due respect to doctors, it's, it's good business for the pharmaceutical industry, it's good business for the healthcare industry. They don't want you to know this stuff. They want you to read the news. They want you to be more depressed. They want you to listen to those rumors. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Mm. Yes. Very good question. So for those of you who aren't aware of this term, الوعي الجمعي, مثل ما في subconscious mind at the individual level, في subconscious mind at the collective level, right? This could be at the level of a country, at the level of a region, at the level of a يعني, tribe, hatta, right? People who think in it the same way. But مثلا, one of the things في الوعي الجمعي اليوم is this idea of, well, الاقتصاد is, is really bad. مثلا, right? And, uh, and, and pretty much everybody gets sucked into this or dragged into this pendulum. Think of it as a pendulum. Okay, there's this force that pulls you in. When there's clashes that happens and conflicts, these pendulums get created. So you're either with party A or against party A with party B, right? And you get sucked into these pendulums and they lead to pain. Either way, they lead to pain. Whether you're with Donald Trump or with Hillary Clinton, both ways, you're going to suffer pain. Why? Because you are dragged into these... You don't have freedom, basically, right? True peace lies in neutrality. And Islam is... One of its meanings is to be neutral. And people will see you as extremely um, boring. <laughs> They'll see you as someone who is not interested. They'll see you as someone who's barda. You have no opinions. You don't watch the news. You're not interested in news. You're not. Yani, you don't get pulled into gossip circles, right? For people, yani, you will be seen weird, but it's a choice that you can make. It starts with awareness. It starts with being aware of this concept. Like most people who are in the pendulum, they actually don't even know that. Yani. It even happens in sports, right? The Real Madrid versus Barcelona pendulums. One is dragged into the other and then there's clashes that happen. Some of them are friendly, some of them get pretty tense, bad. But yeah, it starts with awareness and then as you... And 
again, let me point out this نقطة العذاب في القرآن, right? Because many, I get this question over and over and over again. ليش القرآن في آيات العذاب? ليش الله كله يخرعنا? ليش الله كله he mentions these tough ayat because of this reason, because the world, يعني في ignorance وايد. And Allah loves you so much, He keeps repeating that there's pain, there's pain, there's pain, there's pain, there's pain. Why? Because He doesn't want you to feel that pain. Not being aware of this whole idea of and subconscious mind and I have يعني, these thoughts are in my control and I can control what thoughts come into my mind. And that this leads to disease in my body and it leads to negative results that will be multiplied if I don't change. Okay? In a nutshell, مسؤولية. Basically, what الجهل is the jahl of being responsible. Rather than being a, a victim, you take responsibility for everything that's happening in your life. Or let me, let me rephrase that. You take responsibility for most things that happen in your life. Because we're not responsible for everything. But those are very, very minimal. Trust me. If you look at your problems, 99% of them are in your, because of your responsibility. There's that 1%, 2%, 3% issues in your life that are completely because of Allah's will. Where there is some sort of wisdom which is completely out of your comprehension. And you will never know the answer for that. Right? That's part of, that's also, it also requires your Islam, your surrendering, your submission to that, because you trust that Allah is, yeah, there's something good, there's some good plan happening. Okay. So is this point clear? Okay, so ijabi is where, the opposite of ignorance is knowledge. Okay, that's why awwal ayan is that you know? Iqra, with knowledge comes power. And most of our problems due to lack of information, missing information, or misinformation. Most or all of our problems are due to misinformation or missing information. But studying, 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 learning. MashaAllah, you're coming here to study, to learn. This is, you're like, Minus like the, the, the 3%, 2% of society. Tara. Most people, <coughs> increasing their levels of awareness. Fa, yani, give yourself a pat on the shoulder for being here. Hey, yalla, do it. <laughs> because tara, it's, it's, well, it's, it's rare. Yani. Most people aren't aware of this stuff, right? The knowledge is power. So with knowledge, you choose to have positive thoughts. You choose to have positive thoughts. And Allah tells, and Allah programs us in the Quran to teach us this lesson over and over and over again. That there, Allah huwa rabb. What does a rabb mean? Caretaker, right? Caretaker, easy word. Okay? The caretaker. The one who's taking care of you. He loves you. He wants to take care of you. And therefore, you always have husn al-dhan billah. Ana anda dhan abdi bi. I assume good about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever happens, yesterday the floods that happened, there's good in it. It's good business for the waterproof. You know, there's some good in it. 
We don't know what it is. We don't. We have limited perspective. Hatta baitna kani layek and like my wife was panicking. Udi, wana kada alab ma liyahal. Udi, zoshi gatli shfik and the house is leaking and. Until the rain stops, we can't do anything. We get towels out and we start drying it, and the rain hasn't stopped. There's no point in panicking about it. Again, that attitude of Islam, attitude of surrendering, attitude of submission, gives you positive thoughts. Understanding. Understanding in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, خَلَقْنَا زَوْجَيْنِ وَمِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَا زَوْجَيْنِ What does that mean? في التفاصير بيقول لكم الذكر والأنثى صح? There's a positive and negative to everything. Everything in this life has a positive and a negative. It's how you see it. You could either see it and get worried about it or you could see it with understanding. And then if you have positive understanding, how will you feel? Right? Uh, and then you feel Amina. You're Mu'min. You feel safe. You feel secure. Because Al Mu'min is with you. Because Al Salam is with you. Because Al Rabb is with you. And by the way, I forgot to mention Al Rabb is extremely important for Salah, especially. How many times do you say Rabb in Salah? You say it, yani, Rabb in Surah Al-Fatiha, it comes up, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. And it, com- it comes up also in a subtle way when you say, Iyaka Na'bud, because Iyaka Na'bud means, Oh Allah, I submit to you as my Rabb. Iyaka Na'bud. And then, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, over and over again, Rabbana Laka Al-Hamd, why, why are we repeating Rabb, 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 why? Because Allah is telling us, chill out, relax, I'm taking care of everything. There's nothing to worry about. And so you're, you're getting into flow. The concept of tasbih, yeah? You're in flow. And when you're in flow, you're going to understand everything. And you're going to have faith in everything. And that faith then results in positive actions. So how do you feel? You'll have well-being. Instead of being suppressed, right? you're expressing yourself with hamd and gratitude. Instead of depression, you're accelerating. By the way, depression, one of its meanings is sukoon. right? You're stuck. People who are depressed, they're stuck. They want to be alone in their house. They want to do nothing. But the opposite of that is haraka, momentum. And then instead of this ease, you are at ease. You're at ease with everything, the salam. And then instead of disintegration, that's where creation happens. Creation? Allah al khaliq What we're saying here is you're co creating with Allah. And let's stop and talk about this concept of co creation. مثل ما الله السلام he wants us to be peaceful مثل ما الله المؤمن he wants us to be مؤمنين right at peace and at uh, feeling safe and secure الله الخالق he wants us also to be 
people who create and become creative people on earth. Fa, and that's it's such a beautiful thing, this concept of khalq, bringing something out of nothing. And those of you who are into design, and uh, uh, anyone here graphic design, interior design, or art, or yes? So yeah, you're co-creating all the time. Where is the idea coming from? Where is it coming from? Are you copying someone? Yeah, it's, yeah, where does creativity come from? Yeah. It's really intuition, yeah? Intuition that comes, ideas that come, and then you co-create with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot create without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Because you need Allah's help and per permission, but you become a means for things to come into existence that were not in existence. Like this presentation was not in existence before, we ca before I came here, right? Who made it come into existence? Who made these ideas come into existence? Allah did through me. You guys see how that works? I'm co-creating with Allah. So I'm being like this channel. You're being an instrument for creation to happen. Creative things to happen. Creative ideas to be shared. Creative, um, even at, at your job, being creative in your job. The most creative employees are the ones that get promoted. Yes or no? Diamond. The most creative businessmen are the ones that succeed. The people who copy-paste, they fail. It doesn't work. The people who cheat, they fail. This is where we're talking about this. Zibda min kill hal is this word here. Where Iman fits in the whole picture. So when Allah says, or when you read about قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ There's an entire surah called Surah Al-Mu'minun. When Allah says قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ And there's a full stop. Did he say مُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَاذَا? Did he say that? Did he say? Did he say قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ? He didn't say that. Did he say قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ? No. Did he say قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْمَلَائِكَ what did we do? Sarahat, yani, it's very sad. We limited the definition of Iman to the six pillars of Iman. Iman billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rasulihi wa yawm al-akhri wa qadari khayrihi wa sharrihi. Right? And that's it, full stop. And we make our children memorize that. Mustanis, alhamdulillah, ahna mu'mineen. But this is real Iman. When Iman translates into a, a beautiful life. So when Allah talks about Iman in the Quran, He's not just talking about Iman Billah. And yes, all of those are there. But He's talking about something much bigger and it's much, much more profound. Allah wants us to live this kind of life. When He says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ فَلَاحْ means success, yes or no? He's saying those people who follow this, those people who have, and notice, where is faith? By the way, intentionally, it's placed where? It's in your subconscious mind, which means what? Your program is what? You are a mu'min by program. So can anyone take that away from you? No, because no, who wins? The, the conscious mind or the subconscious mind? So if your friends come to you and they try to scare you, are you going to get affected? Because what's been programmed inside of you? Iman. You see how powerful this is? 
And this happens when, and again, this doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, after this talk, I'm just sharing ideas with you, inshallah, some knowledge, some understanding, but then the work is yours. You decide how this programming is going to happen, how this paradigm is going to shift from fear to faith. وَإِنَّمَا ذَلِكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ يُخَوِّفُ أَوْلِيَاءَهُ Allah says. Shaitan's job is fear. It's the opposite of faith. Opposite of iman. Then with fear, خلاص, his, his game plan is secured. He wants you and me to suffer pain, adab, alim, fi dunya wal akhira. Allah wants us to live a life of beauty and, and creation and ease in this life and in the next. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةَ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ شُنُو مَعْنَاتَا يَلَّا What does قِنَا mean? What does وَقِنَا mean? Protect us from Protect us from عَذَابَ النَّارِ All sorts of pain Yes, and this life before the next وَقِنَا You're asking for taqwa, literally you're asking for this فَالتَّقْوَى تَرَى مَوْضُعُ Extremely important, this idea of protecting yourself If you don't have that shield, if you don't have this knowledge to protect you خلاص, like 95% of the world is They're enslaved to this system Of, of عذاب الأليم and Right, this nar you can call it shaitan if you want, right? These negative thoughts, negative emotions. Ne- this is shaitan, right? Here. So when you say, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Yeah. Protection, yeah. So what's the translation of taqwa mean? Being protective. So it's an it's an attitude. Protect yourself with Allah. Allah being your protector. Yeah, it's the same root word, right? Yeah, Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu qū anfusakum wa ahlikum nara. We learned something extra today, inshallah. Yeah? And the, my approach to analyzing words is going at the root, right? So if you just go at the root level of this word, you'll see that there's protection there. And uh, it's, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, yani Quran is a book that makes sense. It's, it's practical advice for us to live by on a day-to-day basis. It's not just some terms that 
we need to memorize and make our children memorize. So let me just share with you, again, same thing, positive results bring you positive actions. Okay. Look at this quote from Hamid Ali, right? If my mind can achieve it and my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. If my mind can conceive it, sorry. And my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. So if you look at the chart again, if my mind can conceive it and my heart can believe it, then I can achieve it. That starts with a concept that you have, right? And this also applies to dua, by the way. Is unfortunately يعني, missing in our lives. So to replace the words, it's as if Allah is telling us, I created you to make dua. Yes or no? Does it make sense? Okay. Allah قال, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّةِ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And the Prophet told us that ibadah is dua. Therefore, A equals C, right? Allah created us to make dua. And so you have a specific thing that you want to achieve, a specific quality that you want to have. Where do you get it from? You get it from up here. And then you program your subconscious mind until you attract it in your life. You guys heard of the secret? Many, many books written about this law of attraction that the concept of dua and they're like using it and teaching it and benefiting from it. We're struggling here making dua and our duas aren't answered. And then what happens? Doubt. Allah And you know you, you you have the sense of failure that maybe I'm not good enough or maybe it's not working. Yes. There's like an entire workshop that we can do about that. Yeah, there's no, and that's it. Really, is it's an it's a, it's a science yeah, of studying this. But I'll share with you some some advice. Yeah. Um, faith and fear both demand you believe in something you cannot see. You choose. Faith and fear both demand you believe in something you cannot see. You choose. Notice, faith and fear both demand in believing in something you cannot see. الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ When Allah talked about this book being guidance, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ الَّذِينَ شنو أول صفة لهم يؤمنون بالغيب they have faith in the unseen. بعدين الصلاة بعدين أمور ثانية. الذين يؤمنون بالغيب. So they have faith in the unseen. 
They feel safe with the unseen. And the, the other meaning of this is they have faith in the unseen that is yet to be seen, that is yet to be manifested in their life. <laughs> you asking for something that's not in your life to come into your life, manifestation. But it's in the unseen world and it has to come into the seen world. Are people who believe that this thing that's in the unseen can come into the seen. And, and you, know, you can think of that as certainty, having the certainty. For the book, The Secret, she calls it, you know, there's a three-step formula, ask, believe, receive. How many of you read that book, by the way? Okay. Um, ask, believe, receive. That's the formula. Ask, rec believe, receive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيب دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي Look at the language. Da'wah is how many, how many du'as? One. Da'wah الدَّاعِي Who is a da'i? Anyone who asks. The asker, literally. The asker. الدَّاعِي التعريف معناتها I answer the single call of the caller. من الكولر Muslim, Kafir, Mayhem, Hai Qawaneen. Ujibu da'wat ad-da'i. Anyone who asks me, I shall give him. Ujibu Allah is honoring the caller by, by using Allah Ta'rif. Ujibu da'wat, mu da'in, a da'i. Like any caller, la, the caller. So Allah is honoring you for asking. But idha da'an is sharp. Idha da'ani sah, yani. The proper way. So there is a proper way to do, to do this job. For those of you who saw this post also, I posted this the other day. I love this quote also. Faith, again, think of this as Iman now, okay? The ability to, to see the invisible and believe in the incredible. And that is what enables the believers to receive what the masses think is impossible. Okay. Maybe you're thinking, Astaghfirullah, Fahad is quoting like uh, Kuffar and in a Quran dars. No, relax. We take wisdom from wherever it comes. Okay. And if this is going to help us understand Iman in a more practical way, then why not? Do you see how practical it is? Yeah. The Secret, again, يعني, you can read it if you want. It's a very basic book, يعني, like beginners. You know, there's much, much more advanced stuff. If you want, I can share with you some resources. Uh, ask, believe, receive. Believe is the... So, so where do we go wrong? Just responding to Lena's question about how to do it right. We're ونستلم على طول ها علمنا شلون what are we doing wrong by the way we doubt ah okay okay and the one before okay so what am i doing now between the lines what am i doing is anyone Understanding what I'm doing, this whole class? Working 
Yeah, but what? Yeah, for what specifically? Faith. Mumtaz. I'm trying to change your paradigm of the concept of faith. Al-Iman. So that next time you read the Quran and you come across a ayah fiha dhikr al-mu'minun, mu'minin, al-ladhina amanu, this is what comes to your mind. It's, it's talking about this concept. And you'll see how the ayat make so much more sense. And you'll see it immediately after we study Baqarah, you'll see how the ayat make complete sense. Okay? Writing done? The one before also? This one? Yeah. So again, fear is believing in something that's not real. These, this fear that you have of something in the future is not real. Right? It's just a distraction. Done? For okay. ask, believe, receive. To be honest, we're not asking properly. We're ready to receive. Every time you ask, Allah responds. But for you to receive, you have to be ready for it. You have to be prepared for it. And yani the, the Sahaba, like Ali, عنه, he, would, he would always say something beautiful. He would say that I carry the For him, it was being more cautious and careful about the asking part and letting go of the receiving part. خلاص, it's on its way. فاليقين مالهم was so strong that إني أحمل هم السؤال وليس هم الإجابة he used to say. عمر الخطاب. Okay. So he would just be concerned about asking. لنا يعني شوفوا it's a very subtle but very very important point. Their belief was that إذا الله سبحانه وتعالى وفقني إن أنا أص أطلب منه I've already qualified for receiving. But you being permitted to ask is already half the journey itself. يعني. It's half the job done. And Allah, I thought to ask, that means you already qualify, you're already eligible to receive. Isn't that amazing? limits? Who puts the limits? Yeah, we put limits, right? There is no such thing as right or wrong way to ask. Uh, I'll give you an example, right? Sometimes we ask for someone who means goals, not end goals. Have a far between means and ends. So means is me putting petrol in my car. The end is to come here. Well, means is and the end is Okay. So for example, you want to upgrade your car, right? What do most people do? They ask for what? <laughs> they ask for a car. Ya Allah, be, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> ask for the car, right? Um, so let's say you want to get a new brand new red Ferrari, right? So you ask, Ya Allah, Abbi, Ferrari, Hamra, Akhir model, right? Now, can Allah give you that? Yeah. <laughs> can give you anything, right? It's a thought. Best, is it the recommended way of asking if you ask me no why because 
The better way of asking would be, Sayara is a wasila for something else. Why do you want the Ferrari, the red Ferrari? That's the question you need to ask yourself. So why would you want to upgrade your car to a Ferrari? And a red one specifically. If they show off, but to look cool, maybe mabahar, maybe if, and again, those intentions are not recommended. Okay? You need to have good intentions. Now, you don't want to ask for something that's going to get you in trouble. If Allah gives you the Ferrari and you end up having kibr and, and ghurur and all sorts of, that's not good for you, right? So that's why I'm saying we need to ask the proper way. So ask, but why do you want the Ferrari? What are some good intentions behind having a red Ferrari? Okay, you want to you wanna drive fast, although, right? But what else beyond that? Fast, speed. And it's fine, okay, bad. Not really, not really. Speed is good, it's going to save time, and it gives you an advantage over slow people, right? One of Allah's names is Sari'ul Hisab, right? Sari'ul Hisab, one of Allah's names in the dual form. Absolutely. So that's that's yes, that's going into advanced stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think once I also heard uh, don't be too specific. Like you said, red Ferrari. That's too specific. Yeah. Mm. It's better to uh, when you're making dua, yeah, be not super general, but yeah, yeah. Why are you asking for that red Ferrari again? Exactly. Don't What's maybe you want to maybe God will give you a blue Maserati. What's the goal? Yeah, what's, what's the end goal behind it? So end goals, again, we're going off track, but since you asked, Yani. There's really three types of end goals. Okay. How many times? Three types of end goals. One is experience. Two is growth. Three is contribution. Experience, growth, contribution. So for example, Allah, I want the red Ferrari because I want to experience luxury. I want to experience speed. I want to experience safety. I want to experience, experience comfort. I want to experience power. Okay? Because it's an experience you want to have. Uh, let's look at growth, for example. Um, you want to get accepted to a specific university. What would be the wrong intention? So I can show off in that Harvard, right? But a, a better intention would be, ya Allah, I want to grow in my understanding. I want to grow in my knowledge. You get it? In fact, growth is positive. Experiences are positive. Nasa contribution. Ya Allah, I want a million dinars in my bank account. Why? Bad intention would be, I want to show off, I want to blow it off, I want to party, right? And uh, partying is not haram, yani. depends how you define it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the good intention is, Ya Allah, I want to contribute. The third type of good intention. I want to contribute, I want to use it to start my project. I want to make a difference. Yeah, in people's lives. 
these are some uh, end goals, not means goals, end goals. But we're not asking properly. Well, the belief is for the more or the less belief you have the the more you're resisting it okay secret they tell you you have to do visualization exercises that one whole concept of visualization literally closing your eyes and visualizing that thing that you want to have or the experience you want to have and repeating that over and over again and and even feeling the ex like the, the emotions going through the emotions seeing the colors experiencing the feelings and you repeat that exercise literally on a daily basis Lish, why do you want to repeat that so that it gets programmed where in your subconscious mind then it becomes a reality okay so you don't you never want to program your subconscious based on your current reality in your current reality, yeah, for example, let's say you want to lose weight. And you keep looking at yourself in the mirror and, oh, when will I lose this fat? When will I lose this fat? When will I, when I... What are you focusing on? Your current reality. Jarbo, a diet fil alam. Go to the best gym in the world. Trust me, you'll go for a couple of weeks, you'll fall. That's not how change happens, right? You have to look at the positive image of yourself and, and reprogram your subconscious mind and then things will start flowing فهذه يعني it's again a different topic altogether يعني بس شفتها how, how iman can also be used for goal setting yeah, yeah it's pretty amazing يعني صراحة so, no there's no limits ask as much as you want يعني yeah but uh, make a list of uh, make a wish list of all the things you want to ask for right um And by the way, the, the shuna afdal nu'al visualization. It's a dua actually. يعني فا أيضا طريقة الدعاء بعد نفس الشيء. يعني إحنا لما نطلب it's just lip service. Right? Imam قاعد Imam قاعد يقول شيء وإحنا آمين 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 ولا ندري إيش قاعد يقول. فا يعني تشوفوا دعاء إبراهيم عليه السلام رب اجعل هذا بلدا آمنا like try to imagine إبراهيم عليه السلام looking at the city that's uh, desert basically شنو قال ربي اجعل هذا بلدا آمنا وارزق أهله من الثمرات what's إبراهيم عليه السلام doing he's, he's, he's and he's visualizing He's focusing on details, bad. And he goes on further and further, right? Why? Because he understands this idea of dua. He understands and he made a dua, it's going to become a reality. Has it become a reality today? Yeah, he understood that. It took thousands of years for it to manifest, but it did. It happens. But the only difference between the dunya, يعني, this life and the jannah, is this delay in asking. In the jannah, you ask and you receive instantly. There's no sabr, basically, right? 
or let me add, ما في action وصبر. Okay? And I, and I disagree with this formula. I'll show you my formula later on. But في الجنة, you ask with your thought, Yallah, I'll be mango. You get it. It comes to you instantly. You don't have to work for it, and there's no delay. Whereas for dunya, there's you need to understand how to make, how to ask, how to believe, and how to receive. Receive bruha hai bad qasayani. Since we just touched on it, we live in a world of frequencies and vibrations. Okay. If you are in positive vibes. You are ready to receive good things in your life. If you are in negative vibes and you're asking for positive things, make dua from here until tomorrow. You all you will attract is more and more pain. Okay, for receiving literally is like a receiver. let's say there is a receiver here. Let's say this device is a receiver. television. Okay, and we're trying to put on MBC three. Don't ask me why I know NBC3 well, because my kids watch NBC3. It's a cartoon channel, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to watch NBC3, but it's not coming on. You're turning the channel, no signal. What are you going to do? Are, are you going to check the receiver? Not really. What are you going to do? Okay, restart. What are you going to do next? <laughs> no, you're going to get, call your technician who's going to go up on the roof and check the the satellite thingy, right? That receives the signals. Maybe it's turned a bit shwayni or not. Are you going to call NBC and, and, and tell them that the signal is not Are you going to do that? No. The sender is not the receiver. But for you to receive, you have to fix the receiver. It should be in the right frequency. Oh, by the way, for those of you who listen to re- the radio, Methan 106.1, okay? If the, t- if the tuning is on 106, how will it sound? What about 105.9? What about 106.2? What about 103? Nothing, nothing. It's close, but nothing. But نفس الشيء this concept of receiving, right? And يعني لازم نضبط frequency, and 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 part of that is this flow, right? When you ask and you receive, you're in flow. When you're asking but nothing's happening, know that your frequencies are tuned to something other than the frequency you should be aligned to. Okay. Make sense? For Part of being ready to receive is, is amal. Yani. You can't ask for whether to win the lottery ticket, but you haven't gone and bought the lottery ticket. صح? You can't ask for a million dollars, but you don't have a bank account. Sa'i, basically, right? Ibadah, one new meaning of ibadah, okay, is asking. Ad'uni as-sajib lakum. And by the way, after this ayah, Ad'uni as-sajib lakum, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Inna al-ladhina yastakbiruna an ibadati sayadkhuluna jahannama dakhirin. 
Allah is talking about the same thing, right? Listen to this ayah again. Allah is commanding us, ask me, so that I will, receive, uh, I will respond to you. And then he says, Those who, basically you go through that cycle of pain. Those who, شلون يستكبرون عن عبادتي؟ شلون يصير استكبار عن الدعاء مثلاً؟ يعني؟ uh, you don't need or you don't need to learn this stuff. Embarrassed to ask Allah because you feel that that it's too much to ask مثلاً ولا؟ okay worried out. I, again, you know the سبيل الشيطان, right? Yeah. So Allah loves you, you are worthy. Um, again, you are, there's this aspect of divinity inside of you. You are worthy, Allah is telling you, ask me. Self-doubt, self-criticism, self-blame, low self-esteem. Okay. Ask, believe, I added action, receive, Thank and then ask again. So this is this is really the cycle, yani. And now you understand Wala in Shakartum La Azidanakum. It's it's part of the same thing, and it's it's it comes before receiving. Lana you cannot receive by sitting on the sofa and doing nothing, you know? You won't act unless you believe that you're receiving. So you need that motivation, that drive. But again, it's actually combined. I'm trying to dissect it so it makes more sense. Yes. Yes, so that's what I mean by action, is sa'i. Okay? Uh, but you, you raise a great point. Hal dua aidan min al-a'mal? Yes. Dua is sah, visualization, and getting into the right frequencies and the right emotion. This is like 95% of the game. Al-sa'i is 5%. That's the easy part, yani. But what do most people not do? The 95%, right? 95% my, yeah. Will 95 have uh, proper technique of dua, visualization, like an actual act. And one person is responsible for a half hour for his dua. How many people do that, like systematically? Okay, good. If you do it, great. Yeah, but I'm saying most people, no, yani, you know, min yima yima, or min Ramadan le Ramadan, and then they complain, leshman, hassle, leshman. So, I'll tell you, people who study this stuff, this works. But you believe, you know, no, you believe, you know, iman, iman. You need to believe that it works. Why do most people not do it? 
هنا ما في they don't believe right yeah هاي القبلية وإذا سألك عبادي عني فأني إني قريب أي فليستجيبوا لي وليؤمنوا بي لعلهم يرشدون أي أي ممتاز ففيها أيضا هاي من الأشياء اللي تساعد في استجابة الدعاء أنا you need to answer him also يعني مو بس one way نسأله خلاص الدعاء استخارة is mainly for you to choose between two options يعني في دعاء الاستخارة والله again it's a يعني the dua is your action يعني أنت مطالبة أن you continue with what you're doing. You don't just stop. يعني you continue and Allah سبحانه وتعالى بيسر الأمور لك. You know. So you go with the flow. And if something gets stuck, that's your sign in that. Okay. It's not good. نعم. نعم. تطمئن. نعم. بالضبط. بالضبط. So if you get stuck, معناته go and خلاص. You chose, you, you ask Allah to choose for you, and so respect whatever He gives you, you know? Sa'i is you just moving along in life, yani, right? Doing whatever you do and waiting for it to come. But I'm not going to wide and it's not you know, something like that. Yani. It's a lumur, basically. It's a feeling sometimes, sometimes it's just. An inner kind of uh, inner signal. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ That's the first ayah that we'll talk about next week, inshallah. Uh, Surah Al-Baqarah. There's Cham uh, ayah. Yeah, there's seven ayats that talk about this concept of munafiqeen. But the first one is the statement that Allah makes. That's, يعني, today was basically يعني, uh, prerequisite to the next class. But they say with their tongues, آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah says that they don't, they're not believers. What does that mean, وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ Yalla, after all that we've talked about, what does وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ mean? What are some of the implications of this? Yeah. Okay, so they don't, they're in fear, they're in doubt, they're not, ma'andahum's the sense of security, good, bad. Okay, fa'andahum shak, doubt. Okay, bad. Another meaning could be they don't, they don't feel safe with Allah, actually. Right? You claim that you're a believer, but you're, you don't feel safe with Allah. You feel that Allah's... Like, I meet so many people, with no exaggeration, who have this fear of punishment, fear of death, fear of... 
people who have this anxiety of death, anxiety of yani, Allah punishing them forever because they've been doing the wrong things. Do you know people like that? Yeah. Are they mu'mineen? No. Are they saying that they're mu'mineen? Yeah. Yeah, you see? Yeah, the, so that fear is contradicting that statement. But one of the implications of being a mu'min is that you feel safe with Allah. You feel safe about حتى اليوم الآخر, Day of Judgment. You feel safe about it. Yeah. Who again, let's not, let's not think of munafiqeen as Nifaq is a very subtle thing that يعني, creeps into our lives in a very... يعني, you can't... Then al-kafir, he's an enemy of this message and he is opposing it, he's denying it clearly. Mu'min is bad, very clear. Hadilin, يعني, it's a mix, you know? For that's why Allah had to go over it in, like, in depth. مو مؤمنين طبعا مو مؤمنين يعني هم تشوف we'll talk about it next next uh, week inshallah in depth but in reality the bottom line Allah's verdict of المنافقين uh, is that there's different types of nifaq Different levels of nifaq, but the extreme ones, Allah classifies them as uh, as the kafar. But it's not straightforward. That's what I'm trying to say. ayat al-mu'minin were like two, ayat al-kafar were like two, and now there's like seven deep discussions that we're going to have about this group of people uh, because it's not straightforward. It's complicated. And, and, and which, which makes it really interesting, by the way. Because Allah is actually making us pay attention more. Why? Why do you think? Because we could, it could have easily have one or many of these. <coughs> or all of these. It's going to be interesting, Yani. I'm curious to see how it will go. This, uh, yeah, I'm studying this ayat as I go, go along with you. For me, it's a wonderful exercise. Any questions before we end? Just want to give you an ajahiskum. Uh, we didn't do any ayat. We talked about iman today because the next section. Yeah, we're gonna resume ayah number eight next next time. Yeah. One to seven has been done, inshallah. Yeah. It's been a pretty slow uh, journey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not like we're going to finish up a lot. Hey, and it's, yeah, there's no. How many of you feel that uh, any one, every other week is fine? No, I think 
how many of you once once a week? Okay, so yeah, so it's how many of you didn't respond at all? <laughs> there are a couple of hands who are neutral bad. So yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see. But um, since relatively more hands were for the ones who said uh, every other week, I think for now, let's keep it every other week. If there's any changes, I'll let you know. Okay? Sounds good? Nice, I love it. Yeah, of course, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. A manifestation. Why? The cat thing. All right, take care. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Okay.